dim the lights. Cue up the Barry Sanders highlights. You have reached the Roargasm. Roar. Roar! It is 7.20 a.m. Central Time. Let's go! You are listening to three people who have not been asleep since Thursday night. It is the Roargasm. I am joined as ever by Anything is Possible Lomas. Roar! Dino. Blandino, the world is my Walbrook. Roar! And it is I, Uncle Brother, who walked home in the buff. From Chicago to Evanston last night after a big, big win. The hype is not the hype anymore. The hype is the reality. We don't, this is uncharted territory. Let's be real frank here, folks. We got no idea what is going to happen, but it looks like it's going to be really fun. Uh, Let's do a speed round. Just, Lomas, your eyes are barely open. You. You look like you've been I'm, on a nine-hour bender. What's going on there? I, I'm. I woke up in a state of complete disorientation. I looked around me, and like everything around me—my clothes, myself, the walls—were just covered in this like blue and silvery goop. And I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And then I realized I orgasm <laughs> so hard after the victory that I passed out. <laughs> And I and I woke up and I was just like, oh, just. But then it everything came back and I and it, it was a feeling of joy, even if it was a little disgusting. I spent a lot of time this morning cleaning up, but I that is the the longest and hardest orgasm I've ever had, and it was fucking glorious. <laughs> I like it. I, so I, you guys might be able to hear it in my throat and my voice. I got a cold. I just took my second negative COVID test. But I, mm. I took a Benadryl when I went to sleep because I'm like, is this allergies? And then I woke up in like a drugged stupor and I'm like, where? This was a, the first words that rose in my consciousness. Where am I? No punctuation in my brain. Where am I? The lions are amazing. That was immediately <laughs> like before I could figure out kind of where I was or what time it was. The the only kind of the ballast of my awareness of the universe right now is the wonder of the lions. I'll tell That's you, all Ted I need to it. know. Uncle Uncle brother might have tested negative for COVID, but he tested positive for having a major orgasm last night. He tested positive for being a huge unrepentant rawholic. Signs may include happiness every 50 years <laughs> it's like the year the cicadas come out but times three dina what are tell me about you and do you maybe have just a song to start us off with yes and Gone lomas i want to prayer i want lomas i want to encourage you not to chime in with harmonies because you're gonna want to but i think the quality of the recording you just want to enjoy this i heard it before you got on Dino's Dino's okay. got some beautiful, beautiful music to share with the. I think at the end of it, maybe the harmonies can come in, or just by the way, response. By the way, I'll just say that 
there also I woke up this morning with another chapter of the book of Jared fully formed in my head that also includes a song of Jared in praise to um, Dan Campbell. So there's a little more music. I, and I have I have a very short prayer to share with everyone. Okay. But maybe okay. we should start off with Dino's song. Let's hear it. So this was inspired by last week's little impromptu rock and roll song. Don't sleep on, it's called Don't Sleep on Jared. Don't sleep on Jared For he is our QB Don't sleep on Jared In the year of our saviour DC03 I have read the book of Jared I believe its prophecies May the ghost of Bobby Lane Guide us to a Super Bowl victory Well, don't sleep on the Lions For we crushed our mighty Chiefs Let the big let's ride the big orgasm the year of our savior, DC03. Don't sleep on the lions. Don't sleep on the lions. Don't sleep on the lions. I feel like uh, nice. That's a pretty good one. Don't sleep on Jared, who, as we all know, Don't sleep on Jared. is all time two and zero against Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, yeah. undefeated. Oh, yeah. I undefeated. You know, by the way, I like I like how that song came together because I was kind of like the Ringo inspiration for that song. You know, in the Beatles, how Ringo would often just say right. a, a thing like, "Oh, it's been a hard day's night." Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're like, hey, let's write a hit song about it. <laughs> totally. You know, and I think I, I was the one who said, don't sleep yeah, on Jared. Sleep on Jared. And it sparked yeah. something in you Dino. Kind of it lit his creative fire. savant who just spoke <laughs> words of truth without oh. knowing it. <laughs> Before we go into the book of Jared, can I do my brief? It's a very brief, powerful prayer. Of you course. Yeah. Ready? Of course. Watch the physical movements. Campbell, Campbell, Campbell is the Lord of Coaches, whose glory fills the entirety of the field. That's it. That's it. Did you guys catch that? I did. Yes. I mean, if we're going to go blasphemy, I'm going full blasphemy on that one. You kind of had to. Uh, that was, But it was beautiful. His, I love it. His, his glory is abundant. Do we think, can we Indeed. think he outcoached? Is there any evidence that he outcoached the walrus? We'll get there. We'll get there. But but first, well, I think just, we'll gain yeah, some the in, egg man. We'll gain some insight from the book of Jared. Uh, all right, I mean, let's let's go our, right into the book of Jared, court. and then we'll start our okay. three and a half hour analysis of the game, which we will do the analysis of the yeah. game, which okay. will somehow be longer than the game itself. <laughs> so, Fair. okay, Fair. again, as I say, I woke up much like Paul McCartney once woke up with like yesterday fully formed in his head. 
I woke up with this chapter fully formed in my head. And again, I just want to clarify, it just, it, it's delivered yeah. to me. I'm not actually creating it. I'm just the vessel. So the book of Jared, chapter 89. The night before the great contest, Dan Campbell appeared to Jared in a dream and said, Do not fear, for I will lead you into battle. I will be your left hand. Ben Johnson will be your right, and the defense will do its best. Together, we shall triumph over the chiefs of Kansas City. When Jared awoke the next morning, his heart was filled with joy, for he knew that Dan Campbell and the entire coaching staff was with him. As the battle drew near, Jared gathered his army and said, Take heart, for Dan Campbell is with us. Now let's go kick their fucking ass. And behold, on the opening drive, Jared and his brethren drove mercilessly down the field, crushing their foe with pancake blocks and well-timed routes. And when David Montgomery scored a mighty touchdown, there was copious pumping of fists and a rousing chorus of, Hell yes! But as the great contest wore on, Jared began to falter as the wicked chiefs gained the upper hand. In the inner sanctum of the halftime locker room, Jared beseeched Dan Campbell, Why have you forsaken me? Who am I to usurp the great and powerful Mahomes? Surely we shall be vanquished this day. Dan Campbell spoke and said, Do you doubt my word? Have faith, for I have promised this victory as a covenant between me and Lion's Nation. And Jared was pumped and came out for the second half with great strength and with a mighty arm. And Dan Campbell cursed the chiefs, causing Mahomes to cry out in despair when his receivers dropped several crucial fourth-quarter passes. Upon picking up the game-clinching first down, Jared and his army roared a mighty roar and sang a song of praise to Dan Campbell. We praise you, Dan Campbell, mighty in stature and of great wisdom. We've raised our voices to you, for you have led us from donkey ball suckiness to a field flowing with football the likes of which we have rarely glimpsed. You have conquered our enemy and scattered their helmets and shoulder pads to the four corners of the stadium. With joy in our hearts and a massive win on the road, we pledge to follow you all the days of this season and all seasons to come. The end. Wow, beautiful! Uh, a heartfelt nusach in that in that song. The melody was interestingly in a slightly minor key and yet resplendent with yeah. optimism and joy. Is sure. it true right. that last night you ascended onto Mount Campbell? And that's where the song, the tune was revealed to you? Yes, that is true. I ascended for what felt like 40 days and 40 nights. But how much actual time it was, I have no idea. And I, I glimpsed Dan Campbell only, I glimpsed only his back was all he would show me. But it was more than but enough. But it was fucking ripped and <laughs> awesome. And when Lomas descended from Mount Campbell, lo, behold, his robe had turned gray. <laughs> I like that the book of actually I like that the book of Jared has that repetitive trope that the actual Bible has of like the doubt yeah. and the like. He's he's a little bit right. of a he needs he needs the lesson over and over again from oh. from from Coach Campbell. Guys, it's let's very, be honest. It's very much history, a parent parent child relationship. The yeah. <laughs> sixty seven years of slavery. And the Silver Dome, and the in the fields in of Green Bay, yeah, that 
this team, we need constant re- reassurance. Yeah, like at a moment's notice, we're we're willing to abandon Dan Campbell and follow lesser gods, you know. Yeah. But but with each great victory, our faith grows stronger. So, yeah. all right, I want to hear. I want to hear. Let's do this because we're going to wind up talking about some of the specifics of the game. But I'd like a couple high level takeaways from each of you. Of uh, uh, kind of like when you take a step back, you know. And what are you? I'll start us with one. It, and I said this to my brother-in-law last night, who I watched the game with. And I said, if you drop down and watch this game and you didn't know anything about, you know, you let's say you could know that the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, but you knew about the lines that they're really, really, arguably elite on one side of the ball, and then like middle of the pack to blow on the other. I think you would come away from that game and saying like, oh, that's an elite defense. And that offense is still finding its way. Like, I think for most of the game last night, the defense outplayed the offense for the Lions, which is is a stunning thing to consider. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the offense only scored 14 points, you know? And so that that's my first one. We can do a round of these. I'm going to respond to that. Lomas, are you... Ch- Playing with something there. I was clipping my nails. <laughs> Fuck Lomas. Sorry. Impossible Lomas. Um, I'll cut that part out. My God, he's lost his damn mind. He's like lost. All I have. I can't. I don't know what I'm doing. He's the savant of the Book of Jared. Guys, I'm barely. I'm. I'm not really. I'm not really. Yeah. He's like. I'm in the astral plane with. He's Mandy. like some in some medieval qu- court. There's like he's just this insane man who like they pull into the center of the room every once in a while and he just receives visions. He's, I'm a, like a court his jester. Eyes, <laughs> his eyes roll back in his head and he just ascends oh. to Mount Campbell. He's just a yeah. yeah he's just like a vessel. He is. No, yeah. He can't be blamed for any of his actions because nope, not well, responsible. Well, my response to Uncle Brother is. This is the game and the team I think I've been waiting for that I have said for years. The way to win in the NFL is not to have a couple Hall of Fame players and everyone else suck donkey balls. It's no longer about Barry Sanders, um, a couple guys on defense, and the rest donkey balls. This was a game where I felt like almost every phase of the game was a solid B. And I know that might sound a little dismissive, but that's actually the way you win. I was like, oh my God, they don't suck donkey balls at any phase. They're playing at least competently or above in every phase of the game. And then they have some A-minus guys. Or I would say St. Brown is a solid A. You got a couple A guys who can really, really make plays, but everyone else is just that glorious B they just I don't I didn't see a bad player on the field and that was fucking awesome I agree I like that Lomas what do you okay. got so <clears throat> I think it's a little I want to push back a little bit on you uncle brother I think it's a little more compl- like nuanced than the defense was good and the offense was like bad, bad or struggled <clears throat> because 
at first coming out of the gate, the offense looked awesome. You know, they looked like they hadn't skipped a single beat from well, last year. Well, they did. Year if I can, just if marched. I can correct you about one thing which you've already repressed, both teams started line started with a three and out, and Kansas City got one first down before they punted, and then oh, the next okay. drive, actually, the next I, drive was the fake punt drive, which I'm sure we'll talk about, which ended in a touchdown. You can't right. go ahead, okay. continue. You can't expect impossible. Okay, but okay, fair, fair enough. And actually, I, I, come on, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't understand a single word you just said. Um, I, I actually joined the game. I was a tiny bit late to watch, so I actually missed that opening drive. So fair enough. But Lomas's when the experience offense of the game in... was that the offense came right out of the gate. <laughs> My subjective experience of the game. It's the Lomas version. <laughs> Look, I'm... I'm speaking. I had my wife. I walked out of the room, and my wife was DVRing it. And every time the Lions scored, I had to rewind and play that drive. And I never saw the Lions punt. (laughs) My lovely wife. So, in any case, I'll say in spurts. Then, to be fair, in spurts, the offense played really well, right? And in spurts, the defense got decimated, right? The Chiefs, as they're wont to do, just you know, sliced and diced them. Mind you, without their best, you know, player Kelsey, and Second and player. mind you, without their best, and, and also without their, you know, best one of their best players on defense too. So just to get that out there, I'm sure we'll talk about that too. But so for sure, you know how like they always say, like the the talking heads are always like, look, first game of the season, you got to put a big like caveat, you know, a big asterisk, like it's the first game, a lot of teams still figuring shit out, and fair enough. But I think that cuts both ways. Like, so first of all, the Lions can play a lot better than they did, clearly. You know, there were mistakes that, you know, they can clean up. Um, and, uh, but on the other hand, I don't give, for the first game, I don't give a shit. This mattered a lot. I mean, this was huge. And if it's only, like, if they can get a lot better from here, then watch the hell out. I mean, it was uneven. They made mistakes. But to Dino's point, at the end of that game, I was like, am I watching the Detroit Lions? Because they seem to be doing the thing that good teams do to win a game, like just keep the ball on the ground and get first downs and pound it and dominate on the offensive line. And they just did yeah. that. Like it wasn't easy. It wasn't it was it was touch and go. It was anybody's game. But we're playing the goddamn Chiefs. On the road. Patrick Mahomes on the road on, the road, on Thursday night, like Patrick Mahomes is just fucking otherworldly, otherworldly, right? Like we got a little pressure on him, but we could we could hardly even touch the guy, and he just makes plays. And yet, damn it, the defense when they absolutely had to made just enough plays, and and there were a few like plays that we didn't see at all last season. We would have absolutely lost this game last season, no doubt about it, and somehow we won. So I'm I'm. I'm a little bit all over the place here, but my main takeaway was like, damn, this first game, all the mistakes you kind of expect in the first game, and somehow we fucking won by playing unspectacular but totally steady and solid football. Like, there's no one play that stands out as like, that was miraculous. Or like last year's crazy point totals, which were awesome, but also seemed a little weird sometimes. Like, God, we have to score a lot to win games. It's like, no, this game on the road, just we scored just enough, and we basically outplayed yeah. them at the end well, the of the game, day. I, we, I, we fucking the outplayed them. The game, in some ways, 
echoed the Green Bay game in a, in a couple central ways mm. in that it was low scoring and that the Lions were behind in the fourth quarter and won the fourth quarter to win the game and really seemed in a lot of ways like a teeny bit more poised than the other team. Like they definitely, like when the, when the Chiefs went for it on four, they were going to go for it on fourth and 20. There's like a little yeah. over two minutes left. They have all their timeouts. Then they get a false start. And go for it on fourth and twenty-five. Like that's a team that's a little bit like closing their eyes and hoping for the best at that moment. And, and the Lions the way, just yeah, yeah go that, ahead, Dino. That false start. It was like the offense seventy-third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hutchinson, even though they couldn't get to Mahomes, he was given that left guard all kinds of problems. That guy was just. He could not wait to get off the field, the Kansas City lineman who was trying to block Hutch. Hutch was coming all night. He didn't, it's next to impossible to wrap Mahomes up, but they got pressure when they needed to, just yeah. rushing the front four. Yeah. And also, and also, as the commentators pointed out at some point, that fucking guy was che like yeah. essentially cheating yep, the yep. entire game. He wasn't lined up properly, and he was false starting. He was starting like a full half second yep. before the snap yeah, regularly. That was pretty crazy. And finally, yeah. they called no, him. It was, it was and egregious. they did. And, and they a cheater. That was egregious. And I'm like, and I'd never even thought of that before. But I'm like, yeah, of course, that's a major advantage. And then they're like, well, the Lions coaching staff should point this out. And I'm like, yeah. And then I wonder if they did. And I also wonder why they didn't point it out earlier. That's maybe like a nit to pick. But, I, uh, anyway. Yeah, that was a weird. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was that was strange. Maybe the. And we still and fucking love Someone on the Lions, uh, in the Lions organization is watching on TV and then sending the message down, right? Even if they didn't catch it you somehow. Think. So the other thing that is kind of amazing about this game, right, is that. We just assume, like, let's say, and we're going to talk about all sorts of scenarios, because now something approaching the sky is the limit with this team. But, like, let's say that the goal, like, a reasonable but ambitious goal for the season was 11-6, and six, you win the NFC North, and, you know, you host a playoff game. We assumed they were going to lose this game, which meant we had to go 11-5 and five over the last 16 games. It's like they just won the hardest game on their schedule and they got it out of the way and they opened and they're one and oh now. And now you like look at the schedule and now they only have to go 10 and six the rest of the way to finish at 11 and six. And the, the whole the, the whole complexion of the season has changed with this game, both because of how they looked and because of the fact that they just beat, like, they're not, that's the best team they're playing all year. Almost certainly. Now, granted, KC was out key guys and it's the first game, but, like, any single, this team now knows for a fact, like, all those, like, the tough games remaining on the schedule, go to Dallas, go to KC, uh, go to play the Chargers, play the Ravens, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll go one and two. Maybe they'll lose them all. But I, I feel like any team, this, any team that this that the Lions play, you, they can win. 
you know? And that now I really think, like, I was watching the game with my brother-in-law, the Bears fan, who, like, they're going to, they should kick the Bears' ass. Like, mm-hmm. if this team, I was saying to Dino, like, you play, the pressure they got on Mahomes, if they're playing, like, Kirk Cousins and getting that pressure, they're sacking him, like, five times. You know, and they were only bringing in, they almost yeah. never blitzed. They were bringing in like four or five guys, right? And what happened on all those plays in Mahomes was, it was that, like, he was back there for like three or four seconds, and the pocket's totally broken down. And then Mahomes, his genius, right, is that he just, he knows where everybody is around him, and he knows how to just, like, snake out of any kind of pressure but there are very, very few quarterbacks in the league that can do anything remotely close to what he can do. And it, it bodes very well for the rest of the season. Can I ask, uh, pose a question I... of some practical concern for Lions fans? <laughs> Go um, ahead. What do you suggest? I think Uncle Brother is taking the lead on this, although Impossible Lomas, please chime in. What should Lions fans do how should they handle the situation of walking around with rock hard 10 inch <laughs> erections for the next five months what do you guys suggest both from a medical standpoint but also just a social standpoint i think all lions fans are ruraholics <laughs> are wondering and a little nervous wear it with pride well that's my only mm. wear it with pride. Um, mm. You've been you've been flaccid your entire life, uh, and you got used to that as being normal and acceptable. You know, mm-hmm. have, have, were you in Pittsburgh in the early two thousands? Have you ever spent the fall in New England? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's you know, there's no shame in their game. There's no so shame you were in their saying, game. Yeah, all brother is saying. Rock out with your lion's cock out. <laughs> I'll I'll go pantsless and say literally. I mean, I'll 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 say, you know, I'll double down and say, go pantsless. Take off your right. pants. Right. Yeah. You know, fly it. Let proudly. me introduce you to Rock a little friend. Literally with your. I cock call out. this Megatod. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, well, should we should we oh, speak? Man. I mean, we. There's obviously much more analysis to do, but I, I think part of what Dino was asking is like, we have, it is September 8th. This season is going to go well into January, if I'm not mistaken. We have September, October, November, December of this level of excitement and engagement. How do you not... I mean, I think I'm going to have to get, like, liquids, you know, like IV liquids at night to just get through this season. What, what, how is this going to, I don't know, what's going to happen? Like, what's your plan? Uh, okay, well, let me, first of all, I am deeply grateful to the NFL schedulers and to the great Dan Campbell and I will be offering a sacrifice at the base of Mount Campbell later today. That they played on Thursday night. We have ten full days until the next game. Good. I need that. I need every bit of those ten days to get my equilibrium back and prepare for the next game, and just for the full season ahead. And 
uh, I think, you know, we do, we definitely do need a plan. Um, and maybe we should, that's actually a good idea. Maybe we should come up with, you know, something to kind of steady us. Like, and we need something new because we had the 12 steps of mm -hmm. RAA, but we need something totally different now because we're, you know, as you said, in uncharted, uncharted territory. I mean, we're, we're, you know, free basing. Yeah. We're free basing the, yeah. what the lions are selling. So. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's scary a little bit. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like somebody opened a dispensary in your living room. Like what, what, what's we're, the plan here? What are you supposed to do? Look, we're, we're riding the silver lion full time yeah. and hanging on for dear life. I don't life. even know what to, I, I and was, I watched the game in a sports bar in Ann Arbor last night because I was stuck there when the game began and I did not want to be in the car and I didn't trust driving and I was taping it, recording it, but I didn't want to trust that process to not get spoiled. So I just ran into a bar. One thing I noticed about myself, it's interesting. There were a lot of serious Roraholics there wearing jerseys and whatnot. I swear way more than anyone there. I, sw I was swearing a lot more than anyone there. I, 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 I usually watch in my basement alone sort of in a in a state of total emotional insanity and watching in a sort of public public situation made me kind of awaken me to i become a fucking animal when they're playing yeah. just the words coming out of my mouth are i'm like i don't okay Disgusting. Yeah. My my brother in law what my brother in law kept looking over at me. My brother in law kept looking over at me and laughing. He's like, You are way out there. You are <laughs> really far gone. Because it is I mean, you watch the lines in like a trans state because normally right we've trained ourselves. It's like we're gonna bring you into the torture chamber, but it's gonna be a three hour session and you're only gonna get hit like five to ten times over three hours it, but it's coming and so you're just you're just clenched the entire time you're so yeah. spent when it's over I, yeah i i also i also watched the game in like a public setting i went to i guess you could call it a sports bar and and same thing like there were a few um you know i'm in bloomington indiana so it's not like a lion's hot spot but there were a few roraholics nice. there and I was sitting like right at the bar watching the game and I wasn't like spewing like vile swear words, but I was definitely exclaiming in a way that you normally don't do in public. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know, holy shit. Like I let out a few of those like at way louder volume than that. And um, and also, you know, the experience of this game is was like so different from other games, especially, you know, going back to past seasons, it was like, eh, I guess I'll check in out the game, but I, I like, why, why put myself through that? This game was like, I, it, it was all I could think about for days. And it was super pumped for it, even though I thought they would lose. And even though there was this element of like, eh, I just Wait, hope it doesn't all go wrong. Lose? But doubter, <laughs> cast him out, we all cast we all out the heretic. <laughs> I will never pick the Lions I love to lose again, ever. They're going to win all games evermore. 
I love it. I'm going to go back and, and edit the last pod <laughs> so that, to change all our predictions for what I think for the, the outcome. I'm going to do some revisionist I think the history. Chiefs are going to lose. This is a very <laughs> awkward editing. Um, I'll say, well, I, I'll say this also is that by the end of last season, right, we watched those 10 games pretty closely. And, it, and by the end, we weren't real like we were delighted by the Green Bay outcome, but not totally surprised in retrospect. But I went into this season really wondering, like, all right, is it possible that like, if they get beat handily tonight, that you'll just be like, maybe we just got hot for a while, right? Like, maybe things just kind of clicked, right. and maybe the league was still figuring out Ben Johnson. And I wondered tonight, especially in the early parts of the game, where the offense seemed comparatively anemic to last year i was like is that is that what's happened and by the end of the game i was that much more certain like this is the team right mm -hmm. like are they are they gonna mm -hmm. get to the super bowl are they are they like genuine contenders right now mm, i don't know but like this is a solidly above average football team that plays that like is going to bring it every week. Do you guys know that they've won? I think I just read something that like this four out of five of their last road games by single digits or something like that. Cause they lost that Carolina game on yeah. the road badly, but they won the jets game was that really close road game. The Packers, this, there's some other one like they're. I mean, think about how, even the good Lions teams of like the '90s and whatever, they they were so bad on the road. Like they were so built for like we'll do well in the Silverdome, and then if we can somehow win two games on the road, then we'll finish like nine and seven. This team, yeah, is good on the road, and good on the road in tough games against tough teams, and that is a brand new reality for us, and bodes very well. So. So I, I want to read just a couple quick quotes from a piece in ESPN that was published like almost immediately after the win. So this is a quote from, from Dan Campbell. We expected to win this game. We came in here and we knew what we needed to do and we knew it wasn't going to be easy. And we did that, Campbell said. Really what it means is that is that's one win. That's one. So we got to clean up our issues. It hurt us on some stuff today and be ready for Seattle in 10 days. That's what it is. Wow, we expected to win this game. And then later on in the article, they quote the sun god, Amon Ra. And he says, I go into every game thinking we better win. And if we don't, there's something wrong. That's just the mentality I feel like we all have. And I feel like that's what's helping us going into games, that confidence, that swagger that we have. I love this team. There are a bunch of guys that I love to go to war with. Sun god, if you are somehow <laughs> hearing this, I love you. I love you with all my heart and soul. Oh my God. And that's just what I want to say. Those quotes are fucking yeah. awesome. And I think, and I totally believe it. I don't think that's hype or bullshit. I think that's a huge part of what's going on here, that they have a coaching staff and players, like the most important players who are just like, we're fucking winning. And if we don't, that's a huge problem. That's never been the case yeah. in Detroit. Dino, what do you got, man? You, you, you seem like you're in a trance there. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, to be honest, I was trying to find uh, the clip 
of last night, I believe that Brad Holmes dropped an F bomb uh on national TV. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's hope. Uh, was it when he was to... singing a cappella, Don't Sleep on Jared? Don't fucking sleep <laughs> on Jared. It's funny. I don't... Uh... Well, can I Did talk about something that? while you look at that? Can I talk about... Can I yeah. highlight something else from last night? Please, please. Um, there's, an, there's a man, and he is a rookie in the NFL, and he's a little man. And when you give him the ball, glorious things happen. Jameer Gibbs, ladies and gentlemen, is a fucking weapon. And that Mm. guy, there, we trust in Ben Johnson to figure out how to use that guy. But I read, I read a great piece somewhere that had the proper metaphor. It was like best case scenario for the Lions is that Jameer Gibbs becomes the queen on Ben Johnson's Mm. chessboard. And I really think that's the way to think about it is like this guy can kind of go all over the field. And if you give him the ball, he is a really dangerous player. What was so impressive about him was like we all knew he was fast, Mm -hmm. but he broke a bunch of tackles yesterday and seemed really comfortable like having the ball kind of anywhere and not just like. You know, give me a screen and give me some blocking and then let me pick, you know, let me accelerate. Because really the best case scenario for him and what they clearly decided is like when we had DeAndre Swift, our offense was way, way more potent, but he was totally unreliable health wise. And this guy is basically him, but he's faster and he might be just a better runner overall. And I thought Montgomery started pretty slow, though he was the actual he was the king of that last key drive that they took the lead on. Yes. But the two of them you can see like, okay, they're they're both new still, they're both still kind of learning exact you have to figure also like so much of sports is, is especially teams that do really well is this very nuanced chemistry. And you gotta figure like Montgomery is still figuring out like how does this offensive line, how does each guy, what kind of holes do I get and how the timing works? And so I left the game. For a lot of the game, I was a little concerned about the running game. I was a little surprised it wasn't more potent. But by the end, I was psyched. And Gibbs, holy shit, that guy is is a major addition to the team. And really, I mean, the other thing that was great to see related to that is that it certainly seemed like all the shit that the that Holmes took from the draft, he he definitely looks pretty vindicated by that. Because Campbell had a huge play that that pass he broke up, and Laporta caught six passes, yeah. and I kind of like the yeah. one two that they got a lot of production at tight end because Brock Wright had a, some good plays as well. I think they got a close to ten catches at tight end. So I I'm yeah. really I I also do think like. They're they're gonna get better as as they integrate some of these key new guys into the offense. It was it was impressive. It was so, impressive in that regard. So let me just add to that that if I'm looking at the stats right now, the Lions in total put up 118 yards on the ground, which is good. And by the way, held the Chiefs to under 100 yards to 90 yards rushing altogether, which is also good. But 
But yeah, like David Montgomery, 21 carries for 40, 74 yards for an average of 3.5 with one touchdown. That's not, that's hardly spectacular, you know? And like, it would be awesome to see him get more like 4.2 yards per carry. But like Dino said, that's like a B, a solid B. And plus the eye test, like when we needed tough yards, when we just needed like get those two, three yards, that guy's a bruising runner, you know? And Gibbs too, just like, he's one of those, like you said, he's kind of a short dude, but he's like, you know, 200 pounds, five, nine, just a ball of muscle. And it must be really hard to deal with as a defender, just this guy juking you and coming at you. And like, so I also just say, yeah, first game, first game on the road. They were a little conservative, honestly, with how they used him. They, but he delivered some huge plays in the clutch yeah. when they did get him the ball within some space. But I think that was really just the first look. And I did hear Dan Campbell say he loved the way Gibbs played, and they've got a lot more touches waiting for him. He's yeah. going to be the. He's going to be like multi-purpose throwback weapon you know one yeah. of those those yeah. running backs who used to just tear up the league right I mean, these think... guys you're used to seeing that are on other teams that like they they have you pulling your hair out by the end of the game you know that the like camara and these guys that like they run the ball like 10 times and they have six catches and at the end of the day, 160 yards of offense like that's what that yeah. guy is built for yeah now i I think we also need to, and this is something that really struck me last night about the offensive line. And I think it revealed an insight that I'd never quite understood before. So first of all, in terms of the running game, I'm assuming that it takes a little while of actual gameplay for like the line and the runners to totally sync together and like learn each other's, you know, moves and like proclivities and all that. So that's number one. Number two this was an almost mis- totally mistake-free game. Not totally mistake-free because there was like at least one holding penalty and a couple Humble. other kind of blips. But for the most part, the offensive line just played awesomely. And a huge part of that was almost no penalties, like holding penalties. And it struck me, and that was just a hallmark of offensive lines yeah. of the past, right? We'd have a drive going and then just get totally derailed by a couple of holding penalties and you're done. I think I always used to assume like, oh, that's just, you know, they're fucking up or like that's a mistake. Now now I think I'm like, no, the difference between a really good offensive line and and an only average or bad one is that the offensive line players are just so good and big and dominant and like have that unusual combination of size and speed that they can block without Mm -hmm. holding. And if you don't quite have that, if you have O-line guys who are like, second tier, third tier, they're they're just not good enough in that combination of talent, size, and skill, and, and whatever, to block the guys they're trying to block. They kind of have to hold, or the quarterback's Which, by the way, I think sacked. the Chiefs, they got away with a couple. Like, they got called on a couple holds, but they got away with yeah. more holding yeah, yeah. On, on our defense. Yeah. The thing about the offensive line also is – you know, it's one thing to be able to run the ball in the first quarter, the first half, but to win games, you need to be able to run in the fourth quarter. And that's what they did last night. Yeah. And it's the, the offensive line is capable of wearing the defense down. 
They're just big and athletic, and if you keep pounding it, the defensive line is going to sort of crater. And that's, look, that's what we've always seen the Lions defensive line do in the past, and it was very nice to see them stick with the run and be able to close out a really tight game on the road. If you want to win those games, you got to be able to run, and they were... You know, just positive yards all, all all the second half, which on the ground, which is what they needed. <clears throat> yeah, and and you know, just quickly to add to that, another thing that struck me is that, like you know, being able to run at the end of games to close it out, it's not just that it keeps the clock running, and it's safer, and you know, insofar as like you're not going to throw an interception if you're not throwing the ball right, like putting the ball in the air. But it's also like you say, like to to try to take down like a fast, powerful runner takes a huge amount of energy from the defense. And if you're going against an O line that's really good and big and strong and can just pound you, by the end of the game, the fourth quarter, you that just has to be yeah. so taxing. Yeah. Both getting around the linemen and then even just tackling a powerful runner. I mean. I can only imagine how hard it is generally, but especially at the end yeah. of a game when a team is just pounding and pounding and just keeps coming right at you. Yeah. That's got to be tough, and that's why the bet, like the best, very best defenses, can do that. But damn, a really solid O line, like a powerful O line. Don't sleep on the O line, guys. That's well, another. I, I another was talking hit. right before the game. I had a brief phone call with Larry Bleacher. Mm. who's obviously a big Packers fan and just a big football guy. And he said, look, you can talk all about the analytics you want. At the end of the day, most of football is who is pushing who around. And that's Mm. kind of what it comes down to. And what's so impressive about this team, even though I think overall it was not the greatest performance by the offensive line we've seen over the last, you know, 18 games, as they they won the fourth quarter and they did they wore down the other team and i think what's so impressive about this team is that they really do and it does seem like a campbell thing like they play hard th- through the finish line right and and if whereas again in the past there were all sorts of you would hear like Caldwell being like, I thought we were competitive for two and a half quarters or something like that. You know, like you show up for a while and then you just between adjustments and mental strength and maybe conditioning and whatever else and leadership, like you eventually fold. And what seems to be the calling card of this team is this weird combination of we play fucking hard the whole game. Um, we don't need huge plays. I mean, they did, obviously, the branch play was obviously huge and was maybe the single biggest play yeah. of the game. But, like, the offense, you think of, like, what did the offense do? They had one play maybe over 30 yards the whole game, maybe over 25. Like, you just, you know, and Goff, you know, he had a bunch of nice passes. And they just they just force you to play this, like, you, who's going to flinch? Because there was also that moment, there was a couple moments in the game, especially in the second half, but also near the first end of the first half where I was just like, oh, I feel like something really bad's about to happen. Like things are going to get out of control for a moment, which is also yeah. Yeah. such a part of being a Lions fan. It's like you play, four, you play 54 minutes of like totally solid football, and then there's six minutes where the other team 
goes bananas and scores like 28 points. And there was none of that tonight. Yeah. Like, even when Mahomes yeah. was like running around and stuff, like, there was just this sense of like, they the don't lose. It's so much poise for this team, which is, again, is just so not what I even expected a good Lions team would look like. The key right? stretch They're just was super consistent. At the end of the first half, yeah. um, it was tied 7 7. Then the Chiefs scored Mahomes with a classic drive. 14 7 going into the half. Chiefs get the ball to open the second half. And that's where I just felt like, yeah. oh shit, if they score here, we're down seven digits on the road in the second half. It's it's it could get uglier. It just the game's gonna be out of reach. And then Brian Branch pick sixth, ran it back into the end zone. Now you could say that play was a little lucky. It hit the receiver, bounced, and and Branch was there. But I don't think we, it's that's just not the kind of play we make in the past, isn't it? The kind of play where the ball, the tip drill happens, the ball bounces, and one of our defensive backs it just hits him right in the in the face mask or right on the <laughs> yeah, numbers, and yeah. he fumbles it and then just falls to the ground. Like, oh no, what happened? That was my chance. <laughs> And it's like Brian Branch, he just looked as a rookie totally ready for that moment to take it yeah. yard. He's just a yep. he's just a baller. And I, I think Yeah. The I, I don't know that the secondary played spectacularly well. And this goes back to my sort of B all around the field, like B grade. But they're just they played perfectly competently, which is such so refreshing for a Lions fan. To not see at any point, at any key juncture of the game, you know, we always t- joked about that point where the opposing team throws the ball and there's no lion defender on the screen. That's how wide open <laughs> their receivers are. And it was like they had a couple nice play actions, a couple nice throws, but for the most part, it's like every time Mahomes went downfield, those guys were covered tight. And they did not give up any really big plays. They were just solid, and that's such a yeah. that's such a difference. It just makes it a much harder team to beat. Hey, can I play the video clip of Holmes going insane on the field? Yeah, do it. Okay, so this is Hutchinson doing like an interview, and then this is after the game. After the game, Hutchinson on the field, and then Brad Holmes uh, jumps in. On his interview. Hey, Lions fan base, y'all showed out today, man. Y'all showed out today. Uh, it was a great game, great win, great way to start off the season, man. Uh, we got some of our. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. We got some of our loyal fans right up here. Big dub, big win. See you next week. So, anyways, you couldn't hear it that well, but that was Brad Holmes coming up well, to I Hutch. I didn't hear saying, the swearing. What let's did he go. Say? Let's fucking go. On nice. So that was pretty cool. Well, you know, yeah. and the other thing well, is like a lot. There's a lot of readings of the branch interception. I mean, there. I, I went onto Twitter last night, and there was two different memes I saw that said Lions MVP, and it was that receiver for the Chiefs. Yeah, because he because that pass went <laughs> right off his hands, and then he also. He also missed a very catchable pass, though, which was oh, yeah. behind him in the fourth quarter. But yeah. there were t- 
two plays at least where a Lions secondary player, I think it might have been Gardner Johnson both times, where he almost had another interception. Like, the Lions secondary... So my point being that, like, yes, that branch pick six was shouldn't have happened. Like, it wasn't Mahomes' fault. But they could have picked him off two more times, and it wouldn't have been fluky. And yeah. so I do feel like the secondary already... I would say they're ahead of where I thought they would be at this point. And that was against Mahomes, yeah, who just I, like... And again, the Kansas City reading of this is that, especially without Kelsey, their receiving core is really, really iffy. But I think the secondary mm-hmm. had something to do with that. And I also was super impressed that the Lions, they clearly... They also, I mean, something Collinsworth talked about over and over again is that last year they played almost exclusively man. And this year, he said they were mostly zone last night, which, again, I don't know enough about this stuff, but I'm guessing, like, you can't have zone if you don't trust the guys to, like, figure out, like, when someone is passed from one zone to the other. It just takes a much more coordinated, sophisticated attack. And I think what they did all night was that they, they, they rushed four to five guys, which allows you to have seven to eight guys covering the field. And I felt like... Again, most of the Kansas City offense last night was fucking Mahomes just like the play breaks down and he just runs. And and without that, yeah. they and, had very little con- like consistent offense. And and look, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. There you know, Joe Burrow maybe a close second or something and uh, some other guys up there, but he's the master of everything pretty much, but especially the master of not only running like on top of everything else he's not blazing fast but he's just like totally a good runner knows how to run can pick up like an easy first down whenever he needs to but also just avoiding sacks and scrambling around and making like sandlot plays when the play breaks down like scampering around and then tossing like kind of a little floater to somebody for 15 yards like that's so hard to stop and you know, and when he and, and when they were cooking, you're like, yeah, damn, just fucking Mahomes, man. This guy, there's a reason why he's multiple MVP, multiple Super Bowl winner. And look, let's be honest, we got lucky that dude dropped those super easy passes. I mean, that who doesn't mean that they that the Chiefs would have won, but still, that was huge for us. But I'm with you, Uncle Brother. I mean, overall, they were super dependent on Mahomes being superhuman, and uh, the defense, again, did enough, just enough to, you know, hold them off. And I don't care who's missing or who's there, Kelsey or not. When you're playing Mahomes and you can hold him to 20 points in his own, you know, on his own field, again, with a defense that was the worst in the league last year, that's huge. No matter how you slice it, that's they were huge. five of the Kansas City was five of fourteen on third down conversions. That's mm. that's impressive. Yeah. That's a good. I mean, the Lions were five of fifteen, so no, they weren't great, but they were. Right. Should we talk can, about? Can I make an admission? Yes, I have had a hard time focusing completely on this podcast because I can't stay off of eBay. Buying up Lions gear. <laughs> wow, is that spoken, real? Yeah, is that true? I've already bought a golf jersey, <laughs> and I'm shopping for more shit. I, I, sorry, I owe it to my Roraholic fans, but 
is I'm just scrounging up money to spend because well, I need all right, I Dino, totally here. need all the gear. I just took out a second mortgage. That's here's here's the question. So load up. Here's a well, let's play this game. All right, no cheating. I am on SeatGeek right now. Oh, what is the cheapest ticket for S- Seattle at Lions on SeatGeek right now? Oh, I'm shit. going with the cheap to get into the building. How much is it going to cost you to get? I'm going with 250 bucks. Well, no, you can get in the building for under 200. You can get oh. in for 162. Oh, sweet! But still. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. But if you want, if you want to be in the bottom roll, it's if you want to be in the bottom bowl anywhere, it's two hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fair. And Hell I yeah, mean, those seats that like that Don got us <laughs> yeah. are around three hundred each. Oh, at least. Come on. I mean the the lions. That's nothing for I me. I mean Dino, because the reason I raise it, Dino, is you got to get in the building, man. Oh my you got to lay down the don't. I mean, watch but as you're spending money on like Amon Ra jock straps that he's yeah. worn in the games. Like, save that money to get Game in the board. building. I guess you're right, brother, ho- uncle, brother. Good point. Can can we? I just want to insist that before we end this, we have to talk about the fake punt. Uh, to you know, to in the early part of the game, I here here's how I experienced that. So. And again, this is, I joined the game broadcast a little bit late, so I sort of caught that drive. And I was like, oh, and it was right when they were punting, like, like maybe one play before. So I'm like, oh, it's, they're kind of deep in their own territory. And eh, it looks like they're going to have to punt. And I was kind of busy, like, ordering some food or, like, my food had just arrived, so I was kind of paying attention to it a little bit. I'm like, it's a fucking punt. Jack Fox knows what he's doing. And I'm like taking a bite of whatever. And then I hear from the TV like, whoa, and I look up and I'm like, whoa, holy shit. No. And like seeing this kind of unfold and they get the first down. I'm like, no fucking way. And then I was like, yes, fucking way. Dan fucking Campbell, man. Right. First punt of this. It was was it the first punt or the second punt of the season? Second punt of the season. A fucking fake punt for a first down buried deep in your own territory. Well, not only Holy that. Holy shit. That, and I, I mean, I'm just saying, as soon as I saw that, I was like, God damn, we win or lose, this is all, yep. this is awesome. Just like, well, I Dan wonder is fucking awesome. how many times in the history of the league a team has converted successfully a fake punt and still has the ball inside their own 20. They had the ball on the 19-yard line yeah. after the fake punt. That's my brother-in-law was yeah. like, I love that guy. I love yep. that guy. He was yeah. just so, he's like, even if that didn't work, I love that guy. Well, it's amazing. Like- and, and what was amazing about that, I mean, what was brilliant about it in terms of like a real, like, you know, these, a football game has all these kind of pivot moments where like, it looks like it's going one way, and then it changes direction. So the Lions were three and out on their first drive. I think they were going to be three and out on that drive. I don't think they had gotten a single first down yet. And so, you know, granted, Kansas City hadn't scored, but it's like, it's not looking great. It wasn't looking like the offense was picking up where they left off. And they converted that, and again, they're inside their 20, and they go 81 yards and score a touchdown. And it really was like, it's easy, it's hard to say like a, that a 
play in the first quarter is like a pivotal play in the game, but that was a pivotal moment in the game. It, it, it was and, so and I fucking think bold. It was it was it was pivotal in so far as it's such a demonstration of confidence on the part of the coaching staff, right? Like we're not here just to show up and just to put up a good showing. We're here to yeah, fucking yeah. win this. We expect to win and we're just going to play our game. We don't care if it's the chiefs, Mahomes, whatever we're fucking doing our thing. This is lions football. Yeah. now. We go for it on fourth down. Although they didn't do that a ton. And there were a couple of points where I was like, well, they should have yeah, gone for that one. There was some down. weird call but this, this kind of play like, and and it's not you know again like in the Lions pass whenever they'd rarely do something like that it's it felt desperate like well they might as well like they can't do anything else this was more like a statement you know early in the game it's not gonna it didn't win or lose the game just that one thing but early in the game a statement like this is Lions fucking football get used to it this is how yeah. we roll and Dan fucking Campbell man that's that's such an awesome. That was just such an awesome call, even if it didn't work. I would have been like, well, shit, that took balls. But goddamn, it worked. And you could tell the offense was like, let's mm-hmm. go. And they roared down the field. Yeah. Totally, totally. Dino, what are, you, what, are you, what are you shopping for right now? Oh, I'm shopping for tickets. What are you finding? Um, so, unfortunately, the Seattle game is... Um, uh, oh, it's a fog. Reich Hashina, the Jewish New Year. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be a little rough, but what if the whole okay, here's a fantasy I want you all to visualize for a moment. Yeah. The entire stands of the Seahawks game, everyone's in white. Ooh, I like it. Just in I... honor of the of the holidays, but like that's the new thing of just like everyone is in oh, white. Oh shit. Gowns. I think I found my Uh-oh. ticket. What is it? Um, so Falcons. This is a one o'clock game. Um, it's Yom Kippur starts that night, but there one o'clock go. game. You're gonna start your fast before the game. Yes, I will. So <laughs> what's your what, to, what's I'm your ticket? That one. Uh, it's it's lower bowl one eighty. All right. Well, and we also that. guys, we got to figure out when we're having. A little South Haven summit. For oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then immediate oh, pod yeah. recording afterwards in person. Oh, man. Is oh, that when God. we're... Or should we do that when we're 9-0 and or when we're 10-0? and uh, Here's yeah. a question. Can I... Can I... Okay, let's, let's, let's turn down the dial a little bit. First of all, I want... We have to have Fantetti Corner. He is so yeah. damaged from the Lions... He he was leaning so hard before the game into how pessimistic he is and terrified yeah. he is. And then even after the game, so measured. He's so yeah. scared of yeah. being hurt yeah. by this team. He remains. Cl- they will be lofting the Super Bowl trophy. And he's like, they might be good. That guy. Yeah. Well, that's, Fantetti, you know, if you're listening. Been burned many times. We're here. We're man. here with you. This is a man who, as a boy, was forced to wear a lion's, like, pullover shirt. Sweater. For his... I'm I'm going to put this up, maybe... Yearbook photo. I mean, that's fucking child abuse. I'm going to pull pull that that. up. 
Yeah. I'm going to pull up that image and put it up against the screen <laughs> in, in case Lomas wants to do some some online content. Um, we'll have to get Fantetti's, you know, we'll have to get yeah, him to permit. sign off on this. But I, I'd like the world to be able to, to see this pic. Well, you might have to. So this is, is this going to show I think we need up? to put a trigger warning oh, on it. Yeah, God. this is, that's. Put it right Look in at there. that Dude. vulnerable child. Wait, wait, center it. That's, yeah, there you that's go. That's brutal. I mean, it's adorable. That, He's got his lion's a, patch. It's a sweater. It's a lion's yeah. sweater for his yearbook photo. It's it's a lion's and sweater. this is in the early, like the <laughs> Look, late seventies, early eighties. It's fucking torture. Has, you look at. You look at that, that's a poor, innocent, sweet child. He has one of those children's haircuts. It's adorable. And yeah, just like yeah. a lion's sweater. Where the fuck did that come from? It's not, they didn't even have the good graces to make it like a, a jersey yeah. or just a t-shirt. A sweater. Like, it's slightly formal. No, I mean, he... Uh, Fantetti, we're here from you. We know that this is a wound that goes fucking deep. And, uh, but look, it's a new era and um, well, we we need to get Fantetti on the pod as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We got to hear. He, um, yeah. I mean, he's that was the person who was taking the picture. Was like, say hippo, and he's like hippo, <laughs> and they took. And there you have it. Um, can we Ouch. talk about? Can we discuss it all? What are the? What are the clouds here? What are we worried about? What is the if the if this does go, I don't know. If they're two and two after four games, they drop to Seattle. Let's say, like, what what are you worried about? What are you lingering concerns about with this team? Because let's not we should we should temper this a little bit. Oh Jesus! I'm worried that Dino is gonna be broke in four hours <laughs> he is clearly shopping still <laughs> while he's recording a pod i'm he's I a just, checkout they're like grand i'm worried that i won't be able to get in the stadium that's my only worry right now i just i don't think i have the bandwidth to think of to temper my elation i just want to be at ford field i want to dwell in the haven of Ford Field all of my days and feel joy. Is that so wrong? Lomas, what are you worried about? I'm mostly worried about when the Lions win the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> what's the celebrate, the downtown Detroit celebration is just going to get totally out of hand. I think there might literally be nothing left. The entire city yeah. might just burn completely to the ground. Well, trash. that's what I'm saying. Of, is of course we'll spare Ford Field. We'll we'll build it will a be a ride. celebratory burning to the ground, and no one will be charged because it is a legal defense in Detroit. If you are in the midst of a uncontrollable orgasm, you cannot be convicted of a crime. <laughs> that's well known. No, that's true. Yeah, it's a controlled yeah. burning that is also <laughs> right. uncontrolled. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing, though, is that I, so I, I scoured this morning. I read the Bleacher Report story, the SI.com story, the Ringer story, and ESPN. And two of them were just like, these guys are contenders right now. I suppose. For the whole thing. That's what, I mean, that's what we're dealing with right now in terms of 
of how people are going to talk about this team, mm -hmm. right? Like now, I mean, when the power rankings come out, we'll have to see what everybody else does in week one. But the Lions are going to be, I mean, they they kind of went in, depending on where you looked, like from 10 to 15 in people's power rankings. They're going to be like six or seven. It's going to mm -hmm. be, and if they, and again, this fucking schedule, man, if they beat Seattle... I my friend just wrote me. He's like Lions five are going to be five and one. That's what this this guy just wrote me. It's yeah. fucking terrifying. Look, I in our last pod, I one of my you know main takeaways, and I think I said this like many many times, is I trust the coaching staff for the first time, kind of really ever. Like we have. Not just a good coaching staff, but maybe one of the better ones in the league. And that was my feeling going into the season. Now we have rock hard evidence of that. It's small sample size, one game, but one hell of a one game, right? Like they were, you, I think either, you know, one of you, either Uncle Brother or Dino said, like, did DC out coach um, the Walrus? You know, was he the superior? Yeah, the wall. Did he outcoach the Walrus? That's another discussion to have. I mean, he definitely. If he didn't outcoach him, then he was right there with him, move for move, you know. And the like, football is so complex. It's such a system thing, and especially with the Lions, with a QB, who, as we all know, and Lord knows, we love Jared Goff, and and this is not meant as a diss at all, but you know. He's a system QB, and in the right system, as he's now shown us many times over, he can be extremely effective, you know, with a clean pocket, good blocking, the right system, uh, the right receivers, like, the dude is legit. And the system is all about the coaches, right? And, it, you know, and the players buying it. Don't sleep on Jared. You know, but, like... I just like these guys got to have so much confidence like in themselves and each other and in their coaches like coaches know what they're doing. We're going to be prepared for every single game. That's such a difference from past seasons. That's such an advantage. Yep. That's like and we used to be at a disadvantage all the time in that in, you know, in he that beat realm. the walrus. He uh, beat the walrus. He beat guys, the Eggman. Cuckoo, Kachu, DCCC. Expert, expert, DC. You guys, uh, I am now not paying attention. I am now not paying attention because I'm looking at seats for lions at Soldier Field. Wow! I just okay. So I Is just bought. I just bought a ticket for Atlanta at Lions. Not realizing, I found a great deal for 150 bucks. Not realizing the fees would be $56. Jesus, I'm going to have to be given hand jobs under Do you know how the much have you spent overpass to cover that one? And it'll be well worth Dude, it. How much, how much money, how much money have you spent since this podcast? Started? You know, I don't really, money means nothing to me anymore. Um, Money we're is gonna, just a social I'm going to start a GoFundMe The only thing Dino. real is the Book of Jared and Alliance Victory. So, yeah. Uh, Dino, I'm starting these, a GoFundMe these... page for you. 
Roraholics, please <laughs> contribute. This is very Please important. Please support my addiction. These tickets are not cheap. <laughs> These tickets no. are not cheap. That's... Uh, you know, the cheapest seats, that you might have to travel to Dallas Dawn. and New Orleans. There's some cheap seats. I will hitchhike there. Games. All right, but, gentlemen, I actually have yeah, to... The cheapest... Believe it or not, I have to go. I actually have some work to do today. What? Oh, man. Where do you have to well, go? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got one absolute oh. bit of business. We got to... We're not pod... Are we potting again before week two game? Oh, I don't shit. think so. Uh, now we got to fucking make a uh, prediction. Well, this is easy. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, yeah, All right. They're playing Seattle, who's gotten a lot of respect across the league as like a good, not a not great, buying but a it. good team. <laughs> What's, let's hear the prediction. And the Lions are let's at home. This is home opener, right? This Dude, is the home over. game. It's the first home game. So what's the line? The line I assume will be but, Lions by fifteen or so. Um, no, I'll take. I got to run, but I will take the Lions. Uh, um, let's go thirty. No, I think the Seahawks defense is supposed to be pretty good, right? So I'll go twenty-seven twenty. Yeah, Lions. Lions. All right, Lomas, what okay. do you got? got I, I just, before I say my thing, I want to once again quote Amon Ra. I go into every game thinking we better win, and if we don't, there's something yes. wrong. That's just the mentality we all have, and I feel like that's what's helped us going into games, that confidence, that swagger that we have. I'm with you, Amon Ra. I'm with you, DC, and I will read the book of Jared, and I pick the Lions to win at home against the Seahawks, final score, Lions 28, Seahawks 17. Wow. I'm a teeny bit scared of a letdown game, even though I'm pretty sure that the, the team's going to have their head on straight. I think I like having 10 days. I like that also this is, again, I mean, the other fun thing about this game, which I feel is an underrated, someone needs to do deep stats on this. Is this a 1 p.m. game? I think so. I assume. Has anybody checked? I hope they don't flex mm. the game. What time is the kickoff? Um. Can you tell me, is it a 1 p.m. kickoff? It probably should be, unless they decide to move it to the 4 p.m. slot. Ooh. But if it's a 1 p.m. slot, I, even though... You know, the Seahawks will come in a few days early. Like, these are dudes that live on the West Coast. It's that's a 10 right. a.m. kickoff yeah. for them. And I think that, I, th I think West Coast teams don't do well in those East Coast games. I think those are hard for their bodies. I'm a little, I'm honestly a little scared of a letdown because when you look at the schedule after that, like the Lions really could easily open like five and one. It would not be fluky based on who they're playing. I'm a little tempted to pick against the lines just to hedge my emotional bets, but fuck it. I'm going Lions Jesus. 33, Seahawks 12, wow. 20. Let's I go. feel like 
Let's I go. feel like they're going to ride. The, I feel like the I feel like confidence for this team is actually a good yeah. thing. I feel like they're not going to get ahead of themselves. I feel like Campbell has really got he I think he knows how to get these guys mm-hmm. head in the right place. And I think I think I think we had the perfect outcome yesterday, which was they got the W and there really is clearly a lot to work on. And yeah. I, and I think that's a good I think it's going to be real focused. I think the rookies are going to can like they've shown that they can all contribute right away. Fuck it, man. I think it's all dog up in their mugs. I just want to say I love this team. Yeah. I just want to say one thing before we wrap it up. And this is going back just to like what you said uncle brother about, you know, possible worries or dark clouds. I'm looking right now at the ringer at the story in the lions and there's a still shot of the pick six play. And, and I'm seeing now that this was a play where Mahomes hit his intended receiver yep. right in the hands, in stride. Like a absolutely perfectly thrown ball, of course, because it's Mahomes. And, that, and it just bounced right off the receiver's hands, you know, and ended up being a pick six. Like, so obviously that was some donkey ball sucking on the receiver's part. And a heads-up play by the Lions D. But it also does mean that that guy was he's wide open like he's he has two uh-huh. or three steps on whoever is trying to cover him like he found that little hole in the zone so again the defense can improve like guys were open a lot you know Mahomes was finding guys all over the field we got somewhat lucky that they dropped some passes um so you know let's the defense is still very much a work in progress and probably can only get better. And they were going up against the best QB in the league and one of the best of all time. Still, just putting that out there to slightly temper my 10-inch sure. now going on 12-hour erection. Fair enough. I agree. I'll just say, though, in in response to that, you know, I mean, granted the the... Fumble was a fumble, but like the Lions fumbled the ball on the Chiefs' seven-yard line, and that was that guy's first yeah. career fumble. I think they said. So you know the Lions could have been up there. It's it's that's that's the kind of game it is. I think but we need right. to roar it out. Should we roar it out so Dino can leave? Here's your nut, Uncle yeah. Brother. All right, <clears throat> I'm gonna a one, a two. Give me a note. Give me a low note. That was way too minor key. Hold on, we gotta do it again. Don't give me a note. Start this note, Uh, Uncle Brother. Roar. Roar. Okay, you know what, Uncle Brother? You just gotta go for it. I can't can't guide you. You I got a cold, man. I got a cold. I gotta go. I gotta go. My throat is sore. I'm not used to singing in public. <laughs> yeah. He's the prima donna of the roargasm. Roar! All right. Do you guys you know, want me to, Can we go out? Do you guys want me can to we go out with a little. A don't sleep on Jared instead of a roar because I can't sing. Listen, right I now. tell you what, I, I, I will. Re- I'm going to record in my studio a, an actual yeah. three part harmonized roar. I'll just do one just to see that what that actually okay. sounds like. <laughs> roar, 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 
Meanwhile, okay. let's just get a little reprise. A little reprise of Don't Sleep on Jevin. Don't sleep on Jevin. He is our QB. Don't sleep on Jevin. In the gear of our savior, DCO. Don't sleep on Jevin. Don't sleep on Alright guys, enjoy rooting against all NFC North teams in week one. Either the Packers or the Bears are going to lose because right. they're playing each other. And let's hope the Minnesota gets a wallet Amen. as well. Amen. See, See you on the other side. It was a pleasure, gentlemen.